الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد ومن نصر إلا من عند الله العزيز الحكيم صدق الله صدق الله العظيم Every single person has certain belief and has certain convictions in his life and according to his beliefs and convictions you will find his behavior and his conduct being expressed In other words it is a person's beliefs and his conviction that shape his life And Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas radiyallahu anhuma was a young boy. He says that on one occasion, he was seated on the horse or the conveyance behind Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a young lad. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that point wished to impress upon him a certain very important conviction, which should be every believer's conviction throughout his life. With a lot of love, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addresses him and says, Ya ghulam, inni u'allimuka kalimat. And oh young boy, I wish to teach you a few lessons which are very important. Now that he had the young boy's attention, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells him, Ihfazillah yahfazka. That, oh young boy, if you look after and you protect the laws of Allah, Allah will look after you. If you look after the laws of Allah, meaning you look after your salah, you stay away from the sins, you fulfill all the faraiz, all the obligations, you fulfill the rights of people, You look after Allah's deen, Allah will look after you. Oh young boy, you look after Allah's deen, you look after Allah's laws. Whenever you need Allah, you will find Him there to help you. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches this young lad that his focus must always be on Allah throughout his life. Today people's focus is scattered. United Nations must do this. Why this country is not doing this? Why this person is not doing this? He tells him, إِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ وَإِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ If you have any need in your life, turn and ask Allah in dua, Allah will give it to you. And you need any help, you need any support, you need any assistance in your life, turn to Allah, Allah will help you. It is Allah alone who does. Do not pin your hopes on people. Do not turn your attention in your heart to people, to the makhluk. Turn your heart and your attention and your focus to Allah. Allah will help me. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells him so beautifully, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوِ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَيَّنْ فَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ That, oh young boy, understand well. Understand well that if the whole world has to unite and get together, to try and give you some benefits, to try and help you in some way, they cannot help you to any extent beside that which Allah has decreed. The whole world wants to do something for you. They cannot do anything for you unless Allah has allowed it. And that also, they can only do it to the extent that Allah has written. And the opposite as well, vice versa, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, وَلَوِجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَيَّ ضُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ 
And if the entire world has to unite against you to try and harm you and destroy you, they will not be able to cause an atom's harm to you or any harm to you except that if Allah has decreed it and to the extent that Allah has allowed. And then Rasulullah told him, The pen of takdeer has been raised and the scrolls of takdeer have dried. In other words, it is only Allah's decree that will prevail ultimately at the end of the day. What Allah has written must happen as Allah wishes according to the command and decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person cannot in any way influence that. He must be pleased with the decree of Allah. So we find that in the turbulent times when the ummah is being oppressed and when we find our brothers and sisters around the world and especially in Palestine being subjected to such type of persecution which causes the heart to bleed and tears to fall from the eyes. And people want to know that in this situation what can we do and how can we get the help of Allah. In this regard when we look in various verses of the quran Majid, especially the verses speaking about the help of Allah, then we find that Allah Ta'ala speaks about victory to the Muslims and power to the Muslims and dominance to the Muslims attached to a certain important condition. When it came to the battle of Badr, what did Allah Ta'ala say? Bala in then Allah Ta'ala said, يُمْدِدْكُمْ بِثَلَاثَةِ آلَافٍ مِّنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُنزَلِينَ Allah Ta'ala told the Muslims that the angels will be sent to help you. But what was the condition? إِن If you have sabr and you have taqwa in your life. Then this help of Allah will come. وَلَا تَهِنُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا do not lose heart and hope. Don't lose courage. Wala tahzanu. Do not be grieved. You will gain the upper hand in kuntum mu'minin, provided you have true and firm iman. And that true iman and firm iman is reflected in a person's actions in his life. A person can cry from morning till night that I have iman, I have iman. But if that person is not in the masjid, his life is not in order, then this iman cannot be seen. It is an empty call, an empty claim. In another verse, Allah Ta'ala says, وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَيَسْتَخْلِفَنَّهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah Ta'ala says that Allah Ta'ala's promise to give rule and dominance in the world to the Muslims. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those who have iman. But the condition what iman is, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ They have good actions in their lives. Allah Ta'ala is ready to help, but the ummah has to qualify for that help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by rectifying their lives, by bringing their lives onto true amal and bringing taqwa and iman into their lives. That is why Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Ilyas rahmatullahi alayhi, the reviver of the work of Dawat and Tabligh, he mentioned the mafhum, the essence of what he mentioned is people today want to know why is Allah Ta'ala's help not coming? Why have the Muslims lost control in the world? There was a time where from the east to the western, from the north to the south, thousands and thousands of kilometers were under Muslim control and Muslim rule. Why was that lost? Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Ilyas rahmatullahi alayhi explained very beautifully. He said every person has control to some extent in his life. You have control over your house, you have control over your business. That is your dominion. How much are you upholding deen in your home and in your business? He explained Allah Ta'ala will give rule and power to the Muslims in the world to do Allah's work, to uphold deen. When you uphold deen in your home and your business where you have control, Allah will give you promotion, then you'll get control in the world. You're not doing the work here, where are you going to get to do the work there? In other words, you have a person doing work in your business, he's working very, very well. You'll promote him, you'll give him more control. First he was manager of one department, now you'll make him manager of the whole store. Allah Ta'ala will give control to the Muslims in the world when they uphold deen. Where they have control, they're not upholding deen. If you give them more control, what hope is there of doing Allah's work? That is why Nabi Musa told the Banu Israel, when they were very, very downtrodden, 
And they were being oppressed by Fir'aun. And Fir'aun was threatening them that how we had slaughtered the young, the young boys once upon a time and enslaved the women. We are now going to subject them to that persecution, torture once again. And now the Banu Israel became very, very worried. Times are going to become so difficult and hard. As it is, times are difficult. Nabi Musa salam tells them, Asa Rabbukum, ayuhlika aduwakum. That Allah Ta'ala will destroy your enemy. وَيَسْتَخْلِفَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And Allah Ta'ala will once again give you rule and power in the world. But then he told them, فَيَنْذُرَ كَيْفَ تَعْمَلُونَ Then Allah Ta'ala is going to watch your actions. If your actions are the actions of upholding deen, then Allah Ta'ala will leave the control in the power of the Muslims. But once the Muslims, they no longer do Allah's work, they're running behind money. And their qibla changes. Instead of being the qibla of pleasing Allah, now they want to please their nafs, they want to do everything haram. Then they are going to be inviting bad conditions upon themselves. And they will have nobody to blame but themselves. So the key to changing the halat of the ummah is in our hands. And we find that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help was with the sahaba. Our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained, when Allah is with you, the whole world can unite against you, but they cannot do anything to you. This is what we saw in the lives of the sahaba radiallahu anhum. One was the battle of Yarmouk. The Roman army vastly outnumbered the sahaba, yet they had to run for their lives with their tail between the legs. And now they come back shame-faced, hanging their heads in disgrace before the Roman ruler Caesar. And he asked them, what is the matter? Why did you people flee from the battlefield? Why did these people walk over you like this? How is it that they defeated you so easily? Are they also human like you? They said, yes. Did they outnumber you? They said, no, rather we outnumber them vastly. He said, then what is the matter? So there was one very, very old Roman commander who was there. And he had a little bit of wisdom. And on this occasion, Allah Ta'ala used him to speak the haqq. Though he was a kafir. He said, oh Caesar, let me tell you the reason. He said, these people we are fighting, what type of people are they? He did not describe the weapons, the monetary supremacy, the financial power, political clout of sahaba, no. He said, لِأَنَّهُمْ يَقُومُونَ اللَّيْلِ He said, these people stand whole night in salah. وَيَسُومُونَ النَّهَارِ Whole day they fasting. These are the weapons of these people. How can we fight this? He said, يُوفُونَ بِالْأَحَدِ When they make a promise, they keep to their words. These are the weapons of these people. وَيَتَنَاصَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ They are just with one another. They do not oppress one another. وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهُونَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ He said they uphold the أَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَهِيَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ They see someone doing wrong, they correct, they correct them. They do not compromise their deen because they want to be good with people. They worry that I must be good with Allah. He said, and what is our lamentable condition? He said, we Romans are people who nashrabul khamar. Our day and night, we soaked in alcohol. Wanazni, we commit zina day in and day out. Wananqudul ahad, we don't fulfill our promises. Wanufsidu fil ard. He said, all we are doing is spreading mischief in the earth. And when the Roman ruler heard this, he had no choice but to accept that this was the truth. This is why Allah's help us with the sahaba. And so long as the Sahaba had this help of Allah, the enemies had no hope whatsoever. In the time of Sahaba, there were two dominant superpowers in the world. One was the Romans, of whom we just spoke. The other was the Persians. Like how we remember in the early 90s, it was the US and Russia. Although now, the tables have turned and other parties have come into the fray. But at that time, it was the Romans and the Persians. When we look at the Persians, then we find that on the night when Rasulullah wasallam was born, far away, thousands of kilometers away, in Iran, in the palace of Kisra, inexplicably 14 pillars collapsed to the ground on the night of Rasulullah's birth. This was an indication from the side of Allah that the Persian kingdom would have 14 more rulers after which the entire Persian kingdom would collapse to the ground. There would be nothing left of it. And that is exactly how it unfolded. One after the other, the Persian rulers came to power and fell, came to power and fell. Until the last Persian ruler who was standing was named Yazdajird. 
And he was now in the time of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu an. And he was facing the same problem that the Romans had faced. That the armies of Sahaba arrived on his doorstep. And he threw everything at them. He sent his best armies, his best artillery, his best weapons. He equipped them to the teeth. And he finds one after the other, one after the other. His armies are forced to retreat. And they are defeated by the Sahaba. Eventually, he's so desperate, he writes a letter and he sends it to the emperor of China asking him for help. But you find that the rulers in those days were intelligent people, not like today. So when the ruler of China receives this letter and he has the apostle, he has the messenger, the diplomat standing in front of him, he's not hasty to make a decision. He knew that the Persian empire had been very, very strong. And if they are now collapsing, he needs to first know... What is the nature of the threat before I commit myself? What if I follow the same route of the Persians and I, my kingdom is also threatened? So he tells the messenger, I need to find out more about these Arabs, these Sahaba who you people are facing. The person said, ask me whatever you want to ask me. So there were many, many questions that he asked. But it's not important to go into the full details of the dialogue and conversation that transpired on that occasion. But some of the important questions he asked, he said, tell me when these Sahaba come before you, then what is it that they're after? What, did, what are they asking from you? He said, they come to us and they tell us we are inviting you to Islam. If you accept Islam, you will become one of us. You will enjoy all the rights that we enjoy. And you will also have all the obligations that we have to fulfill. If you do not want to accept Islam, then we will not force you to accept Islam. La ikraha fi din. But then you must pay the jizya, you must pay the tax to the Muslim ruler. You will be under our protection as well. But you have to submit to Islam. If you are not prepared for that, then prepare for law, for war, prepare for jihad. These are the three options. He said, okay, tell me, these Muslims in their deen, is there something like halal and haram? He said, yes, they have something like halal and haram. They have something like riba, they do not go close to it. It comes to khamar, they don't go close to it. It comes to zina, they don't go close to it. And they have things that are faraz upon them as well. They have to fast and they have to perform salah, they have to lower their gaze, they have to make parda in their life. They have to speak the truth. They can only eat that which is halal. And he explained certain things about the deen of Islam to say this is what the Muslims are all about. And then came the final question. The Chinese emperor asked him, tell me that halal and haram, do they respect halal as halal and haram as haram? Or do they do their own thing? They chop and change their deen. Halal, they do it when they want, they don't do it when they want. Namaz, they read when it suits them, they don't read when it don't suit them. Are they people who uphold halal and hala- as halal and haram as haram? Or are they people who are not firm and committed to their deen? So this Persian ambassador he says these people are most firm upon their deen. When something is halal, then they will carry it out. And if it is haram, they will not go close to it in the least. The Chinese ruler, this emperor, he says, in that case, I cannot help you. He says, if these people, if this is their condition, then they have the help of the Allah. My advice to you is make peace with them. Do not ever try to fight them because they will definitely defeat you. He says, if you want to fight against them, then you have to wait for that day. When they no longer hold halal as halal and haram as haram, that is the day you will be able to defeat them. And then the Chinese emperor, he f- writes an excuse. He says, my, my reluctance to help you, do not mistake it that I am ignorant of royal etiquette and protocol. He says, I know it is royal protocol that when one king wants help from another king, that one king should come to the aid and assistance of a fellow king. I know that. He said, but this is a lost cause. He said, I have the ability to send an army to you which is so large. That when the front of the army is reaching your land, the back of the army will still be leaving my land. And looking at China today, that's not far-fetched. He said, but when these people are respecting halal as halal and haram as haram, then I have no doubt that if they turn their attention to my land, they will come and conquer my land as well. But respected brothers and elders, this was the victory of Sahaba. And this was what made Sahaba radiallahu anhum have that help of Allah. It is not a person's money that will do. It is not political influence that will do. 
It is not the United Nations that can help. It is not any country that can help. It is only Allah that will help. But Allah Ta'ala has told us the help of Allah will come when people bring amal and iman in their lives. They bring the deen in their lives. And it starts with each person. As Muhammad Muhammad Ilyas Rahmatullah said, you must bring iman and amal and Islam first in your home and your business. Then Allah Ta'ala will see this person is now qualifying for promotion. Now it will begin to spread in community and spread in the land. On the occasion when Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anh came to Baytul Muqaddas to take the keys from the Christians who were willingly surrendering the city to him. What did he utter on that occasion? The incident is quite lengthy. But he spoke golden words that are words that we should take to our graves with us and engrave on our hearts as well. Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anh said, Nahnu qawmun a'azzana Allah bil Islam. He said, we were people who had nothing. He said, we were the most despised of people. A people steeped in ignorance, completely backwards, burning our daughters alive. He said, but Allah gave us this power and dominance and izzat, such power where the Roman ruler just hears about the Muslims thousands of kilometers away and is quivering in fear on his throne. He said, Allah gave us this. Why? Not because of money. Not because of political influence. He says, نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهِ بِالْإِسْلَامِ It is because of Islam. He says, مَهْمَا نَطْلُبُ الْعِزَّ بِغَيْرِ يُذِلَّنَ اللَّهِ He said, the moment we look for pride in something else, Allah will disgrace us. Today everybody wants to boycott. We're not saying boycott or don't boycott. But we want to boycott this product and that product. What about boycotting sins in our lives? What about boycotting that riba of the Jews? We want to boycott the product of the Jew who is oppressing us. What about the riba of this Jewish bank? We are steeped in that in our businesses, in our lives. Our car is on riba, our house is on riba. What about the riba? That we don't want to boycott. We want to boycott everything. What about the dressing, the lifestyle? This is where the start must begin. We are not saying don't boycott other products. But the main thing to boycott is the lifestyle and the values of the kuffar that have entered our lives. There is being true Islam into our lives. With the grace of Allah, with the help of Allah, Allah Ta'ala will help us and help the Muslims around the world. Make dua for Allah Ta'ala to grant relief to the Muslims wherever they are oppressed. And to let us love to see the day when, inshallah, the flag of Islam will fly high once again. الحمد لله الحمد لله القائل والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أولئك أصحاب الجنة هم فيها خالدون فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أوصيكم نفسي بتقوى الله والإنابة إلى الله والاستعانة بالله فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد ومن نصر إلا من عند الله العزيز الحكيم وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لابن عمه عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنهما يا غلام احفظ الله يحفظك 
احفظ الله تجده تجاهك وإذا سألت فاسأل الله وإذا استعنت فاستعن بالله أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول بقوله يهتدي المهتدون وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنصتوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله لنا في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعه من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد من يعصهما فانه لا يضر الا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد نبيك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر واشدهم في امر الله عمر واست قوم حياء عثمان وقواهم عليم وفاطمه سيده نساء اهل الجنه والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب اهل الجنه وحمزه اسد الله واسد رسوله رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابه اجمعين الله الله في اصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي من احبهم فبحب يحبهم ومن ابغضهم فببغضي ابغضهم وخير امتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم ربنا اتنا في دنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى 
سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي السحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ظليع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونماذق مصفوفة وزرابي مبسوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبن كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكذ إنما أنت مذكذ لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم لك الحمد كله كل شكر كله وليك جل أمر كله اللهم لا أصيتنا عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك لك الحمد ربنا كما ينبغي الجلال وجهك عظيم السلطان اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا مولانا محمد بارك وسلم اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم ربنا لا تزيق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجل آخرك نقيرا من الأولى اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأخرنا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قربة أعين واجعلنا المتقين إماما 
اللهم اغفر اللهم اشف مرضانا مرضى المسلمين اللهم ارحم موتانا موتى المسلمين اللهم انصر المسلمين في كل مكان وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم